0: giant to michael Cohen and Fanon. surrounding the entire Fanon. Capitol grounds he just we walking into like if uh, uh, the ball was dropped somewhere to fix that to make sure that doesn't happen again it may not even be anything criminal or you know maybe negligent or an oversight those oversights can't happen again
1: um, Michael Cohen so we need to make sure those Fanon.
0: Are addressed. So Twitter I we, I mean us America as a country like this we gotta fix that. We gotta fix it, and you can't you can't fix it without acknowledging that it happened in the first place. So I wish they would do a little bit more over what they would have done, a little more oversight on that, uh, the, the the failures of um, communication in the law enforcement community.
1: Do you think it was only that, or do you Oops. think that someone like We're listening Trump, to or his Michael Cohen and that they knew that this was going to happen. Look, we know we Roger on Stone knew well. what was happening. We know yeah. that Steve Bannon knew what was happening. I mean, this stupid son of a bitch fucking talked about it on his <laughs> podcast. Well, he yes. talks yes, like I do. Roger Stone out there bragging, Sparse. you know, Sparse. and so on. But interestingly enough. For 187 minutes, the guy disappears. There's no call within which to back you guys up. Remember, and the reason I brought up about the different times that I've been there, going back from 87 and 88 all the way to my congressional testimony, is because there's really not that many of you. How many people are actually in the Capitol Police? We got,
0: we got a pretty big force to actually, what happened is, on that day, there weren't that many of us there, you know, it was... Yeah, only a third showed up. we have about 1,800 officers or of so, that's spread out through a whole, pretty, you know, a huge campus up. and, you know, into it. throughout this, uh, the jurisdiction the of the Capitol Police, which isn't just the U.S. Very Capitol, sad. you know.
1: Very sad. Right, and how many were actually there at the Capitol on January sixth? I'd be speculating on that
0: number. I mean, it felt like it was just twenty of us, <laughs> something but, like yeah, that. Yeah, right. But, but I mean, but I mean, it, it was, was, it was more than third, that. Bro. Um, but uh, let's even our, say, I, keep, I think our chief
1: in his book said we were outnumbered fifty-eight to one. That's, um, the gonna, that's the point I was going to. That's the point I was going to raise, Harry. It makes no difference, was a right? Because you're not you a you're not jail, a little guy. I mean, you're a pretty big yeah. fella. Right, that and am six seven.
0: Showed up to work yeah, that these day. These people don't
1: give a shit. Mr. You Trump, know, they didn't look at you, told the look Guard at you as a police, officer, Capitol police officer, a big fella, six seven. They, they looked at you that, as an obstacle, and their feeling was. Very similar to, you, you know, a wolf pack. Gas, it's a fucking they were miracle, going to, so yeah, you show, may have knocked one guy out, but while you're swinging at him, someone's hitting me. you from behind. Yeah. Kind of like what happened to, you know, Michael Fanon and to some of the others. And the fact that there wasn't enough individuals and the 187 Make minutes took place that he was enjoying this, watching it on his television and, of course, lying about it. You know, like I said, my hat's off to you. You know, for everything that you did, for making sure that, you know, our elected officials, some of whom probably didn't deserve your help, <laughs> right? Like Paul Gosart, like Lauren Boebert, like um, Marjorie Taylor Greene. These individuals, and I'm not saying that they deserve to get hurt. However, they are part hurt of that far all right. wing nuts these, in this country. You know, these do. MAGA lawmakers, right? They, they are part they of it, and more. they... Terrorism, were in contact with the folks like Ali Alexander and the Stop the Steal movement. They knew that the shit was outside. What was happening? People scaling the walls, like you know, like they're in a movie. I mean, that's really what it looked like to me. You know, when yeah. I was watching yeah, it in total in horror, movement. so I could only imagine what was going, you know, through your head. The, the, that day, all I was. Really cons- concerned about with
0: surviving and making sure our coworkers, my coworkers, the person next to me that I was fighting next to, went home to their family, went home safely. Uh, you know, we got a lot of brave men and women that were out there fighting their ass off. You know, to use every one of you, every one of you. To every use, every to use you. a football analogy, uh, we they, we left it all on the field. Fifty of them were you know, 50 Everybody gave everything American. they had, and you no, know, it was enough. God. But to the point about you know the specific members and everything like that. The thing about doing our job is, you know, obviously some, the ultimate accountability for a politician is at the ballot box. Um So if people still uh, elect these people into office, it represents it, it represents turkey. what they want, and that is America. And it, we may not agree with it. it's, it fucking sucks to put it bluntly, but. <laughs> <laughs> these people are electing people who they think will best represent them. So that a, a portion of America, give it a smaller portion, you know, for, I, I'm encouraged oh, that there are more good people out there than like bad. Idiot. But these people are representing right. people that think like them, you know, because they're, they're they're electing them to office. And that's that's, that's, the, that's the thing about democracy. That's how it works. It, it sucks, but people are allowed to have these... But yes, when it comes to violence and... That, there's no room for that. There's no room for that. Yeah, we have dissenting, sure, you know, opinions and everything like That's that. Hard. But been what yet. we saw on January sixth, man, and what you saw in Brazil, that that shit can't happen, man. And, and it's it's terrible that it does happen. Uh, it's part of our country, and it fucking sucks. Did yeah. you play? Did you play college ball? I played at uh, James Madison University, with
1: 2004 uh, national champions. So. Yeah, and yeah. I bet you were an offensive, you were an offensive lineman, weren't offensive you? Offensive tackle, offensive tackle. huh. got real fast yeah. hands, man. <laughs> yeah. What, what were you? What were you like? Number ninety six or something like? No. that? No, sixty nine, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet you were. Yeah, yeah. When, when I went, when I was at law school, I spent a lot of time. A couple of guys were living with me. They played. Um, they played for Michigan State. And um, I got a chance, even as a non-matriculating student, to hang out at the Duffy Doherty building, and that was under Coach Perlis. So oh, wow. I all the, yeah, I ran all the drills. I mean, at the time I was, what, I'm 5'11", 5'11 and a half. At the time I was about 200, and these guys are 6'7", right? 6'8", you look like a 305, 305, 305, 310. Man, I got thrown around like a rag doll, but I do have to <laughs> say, uh, it's,
0: right people now, don't realize how hard being
1: a college ball player player is in any sport but yeah. especially football but look and that's and i bring that up of course again because these people were there to do damage they were ready willing and able they brought they brought air spray you know, they brought zip ties, they brought bats and sticks and so on. And I don't care how big you Sharpened are, you know, as they and always said, would, get them by uh, the knees, right? Any one of these guys weapon. hit you across the knee. I don't care how big you are. You take the guy's legs out, you take the guy's legs out. And it's, it, that sort of disrespect for law enforcement should never exist. Not just in the Capitol, but all across America. A, remember the olden days? You see the movies that a guy would walk the streets; he'd have the shield, and he was respected. Today, there's too many people that see that shield as like a target, and that's exactly the way that these guys. So, everything that they're getting, these 450 that were prosecuted, yeah. they, each and every one of them deserve exactly yeah. what they're what they're getting. And you, my brother, you deserve that. Presidential Citizens Medal. Yes, he now, does. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, man. You, you know, and the Like I said, the next time you see the president, the you tell him don't outage. forget about Mike Cohen. All of them. I appreciate, I appreciate yes. you on that one. Uh, uh, see, see what, is what I man. Right? Right? Yeah, you, yeah, that's it. Right. Yeah, take care. Take care of a friend. Man, yeah. let, me, let me ask you this: thing. were you surprised that so many MAGA Republicans, who supposedly Allege that they backed the blue and support our troops, had yeah. turned on the police, literally protecting yeah, the Capitol and themselves people. that day? And do you think that the yeah, attackers the were out of sparks, their minds? I mean, cult members who drank the Trump Kool-Aid and felt justified beating police and trespassing and damaging our Capitol. I mean, what was the general vibe of the crowd that day?
0: I, 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 when I testified, I, I testified these individuals, like, possessed zombies. Um, yeah. there was nothing that, they weren't, you couldn't reason with these individuals. They had already made their minds up on what they were doing. Um, yeah. on January 6th, they that's told crazy. us, they were telling us. That's no, why, I, one of the reasons why, to jump around real quick, that's why it's so frustrating with the, uh, um, the process of which these, these, the accountability is happening. Because they told us on January 6th they were there because Donald Trump sent them. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah. you know, on January 6th, January 7th, we knew, you know, who organized it, who orchestrated. They were telling us while they were attacking us and beating our heads in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, they told that us was that. Justification. And yes, they felt emboldened because the most powerful person on the planet told them to do so. You know, yeah. think about the backing and you know if and somebody gives you their blessing to go do pardon. something Pardon, they were expecting if, if you got the most if you're the you're the president and i told you to do it tell them the president sent you like like when i was at the white like when i was at the white house uh last week my daughter got a uh, a school a, a a note from the president said please excuse her from school like it <laughs> can't get much better than that like you know so yeah it's a sense of emboldenment and entitlement they thought they were right so it's It's insane, but and to the other point about you know the back to blue crowd and stuff like that, that's just a damn slogan, and they just say it's a fundraise and you know make money there you know show me what your actions not not a slogan on a on a t- shirt or something like that you know mm-hmm. it sounds cool back to blue and it's it's a sound bite, and show me your actions and not a slogan, you
1: know, yeah, because like I said. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, right, Paul Gosar, who I fucking despise. I I mean, honestly, I think he's one of the worst pieces of shit that we have representing this country. And it makes us look so weak and stupid in the eyes of the world. I have have have, a disclaimer. I got a neutral. I have to have a,
0: a neutral opinion about the members that I've uh, sworn to protect, you know, so I got a very yeah, yeah. well
1: opinion about it. Well, that's everybody. all right, because well, good, because that's my opinion. So, that's you. you know, <laughs> right, and, and so the fact of the matter is that they knew that this was going on, and if they're gonna make the statements that they back the blue, right, then back the blue, as you say, you know, d- your words mean absolutely nothing, and now they're all saying, well, you know, as a direct result, we're going to need uh, security, you know, our lives were in jeopardy, It's interesting that the same people that are asking for it, not one of them, for example, when I was testifying, I had to drive to D.C. to testify each and every time. I couldn't take the train. I put yeah. myself in jeopardy. So now I'm on the train. Who knows who's on there? Maybe some one of these MAGA fools. Maybe by the time I get off and I'm at Union Station and I'm waiting for a cab, I get hit across the back of the head with a steel pipe or worse. Right? I mean, yeah. this, is, this is the problem. They don't care about anyone except for themselves. They only care about their power. And they care about getting reelected so they can keep their power. They're just... It's, it's truly, it's, it's disgraceful. So let me then move on okay. and ask you this, because after the attack, how did you and the other officers cope with the reality that you had just been attacked A by your of them fellow didn't. Americans?
0: Several and of especially them committed suicide. once some Four, of the members five. of
1: Congress, the ones that you protected, began to deny the severity and intent of the riots. I mean, how do you keep from losing your mind? Well, one of the things that...
0: Police officers do just in general, um, I guess, which is kind of make you know some of us that have spoken out an enigma. Uh, they, they keep to themselves, and that's why one of the things that I've been preaching about is mental health, and they keep quiet about it. I mean, sure, we have quiet conversations, you know, here and there in passes um, about you know we'll be like, I mean, this is some bullshit. They, that and we leave, and people leave it at that. So a lot of individuals they deal with. The, the trauma and the suffering that day in in quiet, that's <clears throat> and uh, that's just how they deal with it. And they wake up and it's business as usual, going to do their job. That's Thank why I'm so proud to work with it, such a strong group of men and women. Because we still um, get up like
1: additional people ask me, "When did health you health
0: go back to work?" Well, it was January seventh, five, five hours and right, since left. Since January like, six. What do you mean? Like we, I had we got to go to work tomorrow, and so many of my coworkers did, did oh, the exact Republic same arts. thing. Um, but voted no you know it's frustrating but we realize, you know what what can you, what can we really do because like I said earlier, ultimate accountability is at the ballot box, and um our job is to not necessarily pick who's there to protect the, the will of the American people, even if we disagree with it um so we try to stay very professional uh but, but in a in a personal sense it's frustrating and um but it, you got to come to the realization, Mike. Man, it's, this is just kind of like who we are as a country. We're split, and it's you know some people don't care about the truth, and some people only want the truth, and they pick and choose when it's convenient for them, when they want to hear the truth. So it,
1: it's just where we are, and it fucking sucks to put it bluntly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: look, you know this. I don't know about you, but I know it's a direct result of my journey. I know that I suffer from the classic case of uh, PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and I would probably imagine that you and every single one of the Capitol police officers, rightfully virtually. so, are experiencing the same, you know, psychiatric disorder that I that I do um, every single day, you know, and 24/7, even when I'm sleeping, you know. And, you know, they say that the PTSD, right, the clinical um, definition for it is a psychiatric disorder that may occur in people who have experienced or witnessed a traumatic event, series of events, or set of circumstances. We did. Yeah. We did. Now, you know, many people will say, yeah, but everybody experiences some sort of a, a traumatic, traumatic event problem. in their life. Hmm. There's align and you know yes everybody is different and some people have a lower threshold but your experience, and I'm going to throw mine into it as well, especially the second time, the unconstitutional remand, when they threw my ass into a freezer for three hours, I felt like my teeth were going to fall out of my mouth. That's how cold I was yeah. in in this, in this cell that was like 40 degrees. But they say that people with PTSD have intense, disturbing thoughts and feelings related to their experience that last long after the traumatic event. Has ended. Like I said, I'm already out longer than I was in, but I can't get past it. Yeah. I can't sleep through the night. I hear keys rattling. It makes me shake. Lights, you know, um, bright lights because they would flash a flashlight in your eyes every 30 minutes while you're sleeping with one of those mega wattage type of lights to yeah. make you jump so that they can make sure that you're still alive. Oh, do you have those same intense, disturbing thoughts and feelings? Have you, you have gone back to work. So when you're there, what's going through your head? What's going through your heart?
0: You know, I, the things that help me get through that is uh, a lot of therapy, man. You know, and I've been a, a huge proponent of people getting help. And like you said, a lot of people will experience some kind of stressful <clears throat> disorder or a trunk a traumatic experience yet and like you said there's some people who handle it better than others
1: traumatic
0: At the beginning it was tough you go back to work and we I mean, went back to work for a couple of months and there were windows that were still broken weeks after so maybe a month up to a month or so after the windows were still broken you know you could see uh where the fire extinguishers and the pepper sprays uh stained the the ground and with blood drippings on the concrete that it, it took a while to get up. You got boarded up windows. I mean of, of US Capitol. Like you like just said earlier, think about that. That of the US Capitol is boarded up windows. And there's this big giant fence with barbed wire surrounding the entire US Capitol ground. He just we walking into like it's like a militarized zone, um, and it it, it sucks. It
1: combat zone.
0: But you, it's hard to ever forget it, um.
1: But that's part of my mission to make sure nobody ever forgets that shit. <laughs> I know exactly I know exactly First how service. you're feeling, which is why I wrote my two books it's why i go out there and i do the things that i do every single day including the creation of this podcast because i don't want anyone to ever experience what i experienced at the hands of a wannabe autocrat and his lapdog bill barr right the attorney general when they weaponized the department of justice to go against the critics that's that's very much like this insurrection, it's unfucking American, and end of story. Yeah, so you see, so you are seeing therapy. You're going for therapy. So I haven't started it yet. You know. And I'll tell you a funny story. I, I spoke to this therapist, and he specializes specifically in PTSD. Mostly, his clientele are, you know, former veterans, Afghanistan, Iraq, and so on, who saw some obviously very ugly things, and they just can't get it, and I'm sure, like, the same way I experience it, you experience it, loud noises, lights, flashing lights, um, even some television shows that I'm watching, you know, it triggers an automatic response. Hell, seeing a fucking, seeing a MAGA hat. He's the man in a MAGA hat.
0: You know that, yeah. it's, it's I had that. Trigger. I had that
1: issue. You know, I had that issue with a guy in the airport when I was going to go down to Florida to visit my parents. This S hat wearing a MAGA hat, screaming at me and so on. You know, while I'm standing in line to go through the check-in. I mean, you know, they don't realize what it does to your nervous system. Yeah. But I went. I went to his office and <laughs> I. I went up and opened the door, and there were a whole bunch of people sitting in the office. And it said, you know, um, Department of uh, Psychiatry because it's affiliated to a hospital. And I opened up the door, and I could not physically put my leg over the uh, over the the door line and enter. I just couldn't do it. It was like my my heart started racing. My my ears like clogged up as if I was underwater, and I just turned around and I left. And he's a really decent man, and he calls me up and he said to me, I, "You know, where are you?" I was just. I said, "I have to be honest with you. I couldn't cross the threshold, in I saw those gigantic words, and it freaked me out." And he goes, "You really need to speak to me. You really need to see somebody because." PTSD is real. And well, that's what I was so going to ask you. I was going to ask you,
0: man. Like you said, you haven't gone. Have you tried since then? I mean, you know, that shit is helpful, man. I'm telling you. I yeah. know I know. I, person I know I know. You got to keep, you got to, it's fucking mental health is health, man. And, you know, we,
1: we got to take care of our minds just like we take care of our bodies, man. Yeah, I try to, you know, I. I try to do it, and I try to use this podcast as a way of the venting, but absolutely, I know, I know, I know that there are probably techniques that they're teaching you and all, uh, especially, I don't know, to be honest Not. with you, I don't know how don't know you go back to that property and you stand there after seeing and experiencing everything that you did. I walked past the Trump Tower the other day, and it's the first time that I walked past the front doors. In four years, and I had such an uneasy feeling about the building, about the people that work, everything. So I, like I said, if I oh, was wearing it's a, a hat bit right now, I would that. take it off to you.
0: I feel like it's a little bit different, man. You know, and I'm not downplaying your experience at all, because that shit, man, you
1: you went through, man. But
0: like I, I testified before the January sixth Committee, and I said something to the effect of. Democracy is bigger than any one person, any one party. Um you gotta fight for you have to fight for and me leaving my job, in my mind symbolizes that they won. Like this shit's worth fighting for.
1: I'm, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm not letting fuckers
0: you win, man. You know, I'm not quitting. Like I'm still here, I'm still fighting, I'm still doing my job. I'm proud of what I did on January 6th. I'm proud of my coworkers. With their fight that they did on January sixth, and you know the people who stormed and uh, you know uh, tarnished the Capitol, y'all should be offended. Y'all should be the ones quitting. Y'all should be the ones renouncing your yeah, American well citizenship charged, because you shit it on this country. And I'm proud sure of what I did, charges. and I'm going to keep on going back every single day. No home, it's hard, but I'm proud of it. Sure. And I'm proud of
1: what we did, and it's worth it. Yeah, and uh, I have to be honest with you, I. I feel exactly the same. So many people say to me, you know, as more and more investigations keep opening up and so on, they keep, why, why are you doing it? Why are you, why are you cooperating? Nobody did a goddamn thing for you. You went to fucking prison for another guy getting his fucking pecker pulled by a porn star. The rest of it was bullshit made up, right? And you lost your law license. I lost my money. I lost my my respect. I didn't lose my family, right? But at the end of the day, I lost so much, but I keep going back and providing more and more and they asked me why. I said, the same thing that you did because this country is worth it. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's and I feel exactly the same way you do. I, you know which brings me to my question. I wonder, you know were you political before the insurrection at all? and are you political now? I mean, yeah, I, um, now. yeah I, I have my views about obviously, I think, but I just think a lot of that comes with growth in maturity, like,
0: you know, you get a little older in your life and you start caring about things that affect you. Like, you know, as a younger kid, I didn't care about social security and Medicaid, but it's, I'm going to need it eventually. So let me start caring about it. Let me start paying attention to that kind of stuff or, you know, so I think it just had an evolution had to do with some maturity to just become immature. And also you're surrounded by these people with these different issues. I mean, you know, just you're in, it's what I do. Like I'm around it 24 seven, but I'm at work at least in my work hours. And, but it, it, I need people to be engaged and care and know what's going on. Um, you know, I didn't, I think I wouldn't care about a classified document, whether it's Biden or Trump, you know, I didn't care. But now I'm, you know, what's going on with this? I, you need to be, people need to be engaged. Um, I, I prefer people to be educated instead of opinionated, um, and I feel like that's the way you need to be. You, we need to care about our countries. Like, I, I, I yes, I, I am man. I, I, care about even the down ballot elections in my local community. Does that shit matters? And people to complain about. No, I was, I was at a bar. Not to I, go figure. We're talking politics at a bar. And this guy was complaining about his biggest concern this Country was immigration, and then I was like, Do you know who you voted for? Do you know where that person's stance is on the immigration and stuff? I don't even know my congressman's name. I'm like, well, what do you mean? You know, like, huh? All right, just start somewhere. And people don't even care. So many people have that mentality that they don't they just don't care, they've lost hope. And, and to be frank, I, I get losing hope a little bit because it hasn't like. This country has showed his ass in a bad way, um. So I guess it's not really. It's worth fighting for, it. and that, that's the point that I'm making. Though it's worth fighting for, it. it's worth, it's worth it. Um. But yeah, I am. I'm, I'm political. Uh, I am. I, I care about a lot of issues, and
1: you should down down the road because you are, thankfully, getting not just notoriety but respect for what you did that disgraceful day would you ever run for politics yourself
0: you know would it's you so ever give it a, a shot? it's funny man a lot of people like even on my twitter like I, bro, so you need to run for something you know i yeah. I, I, I wouldn't put exactly. it uh, no yeah i would i i like being a like using are my voice right and i'm going to say the way i feel Um, And if people like what I have to say or agree with it, then I'm I'm more than happy to keep saying it. Um, I'm very happy with my congressman now, Deep Spring, Congressman Jamie Raskin, and uh, I Uh, like uh, Jamie's the best. I I love him. He's my congressman. So I couldn't couldn't be happier. He's the best, and uh, I wish him well. On his road uh, to, to recovery. Uh, I texted. I texted
1: him a, a couple of days ago, you yeah. know, pushing him exactly the same thing. He's a really good man. I bumped into him again uh, not too long ago at MSNBC, leaving the yeah. um, stage, and you know, we were sitting, we were talking. He's just really good people, and he's you know, a I, he's a great man. man.
0: So, like you know, yeah.
1: Sure. Would
0: I would I consider it? Sure. Well, do I have aspirations to? No, nah, not really. But I consider it. Yeah, I absolutely would. Um, but yeah, well, yeah. But I, I'm happy with the, who's representing me now in Congress, in Congressman Jamie Raskin.
1: Yeah, good man. So let me ask you this then, because you're still working at the Capitol, and again, I just want to dive back into because like I was watching a television show, and you know, the other day, um, it's it's really amazing. It's called Echo Three. Have you seen it? It's no, I, I'm not familiar it's, with it. Yeah, it's on Apple TV. It's called Echo 3. I think it's done by okay. the same folks that did the Hurt Locker. It's that oh, sort okay. of genre. it's amazing about special forces teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and this one woman she's put into a prison environment in it's in California. Venezuela in and Colombia. So and I have to tell you, when I watch it, I get chest pains and I went out as because, you know, I spent 51 days in solitary yeah. confinement. And, yeah. you know, there's a feeling when you're by yourself that solitary confinement plays with your head 24-7, 51 days. Not an easy task. It is rough. You know, and I, I tell you, it, it it's really, really rough. My question to you is, do you think that the insurrectionists still in Congress, have any remorse for their actions uh, in around the 6th? Hmm. That's a good question. Um,
0: I'll put it like this. I, I think that the people that are making public statements about downplaying what happened that day, what they're making public they're statements about remorse, it are doing so to save faith. Um, You know, I think about it. Uh, I think that um, Speaker McCarthy, um, at the time when he was leading McCarthy, he said that he spoke to the president, and the president um, bears responsibility. But there's also been reports that Trump has said that he, I don't think it it's not my fault, you know. He, so they so I think p- privately, I think a lot of these individuals are, they didn't know that they, they know that they were wrong. Whether that's become from the people that are, I mean, look at, look at the uh, the, the, the host on uh, on Fox News. They we're texting how bad it was on January on. Hey, he's
1: got to stop this. This is bad. This is bad. We don't yeah, that was that was showing that was Sean, that was Sean the Hannity, Ingram, to, like, uh, right, right, to, right. to Don Ingram to Don Jr. to, yeah, uh, and, to uh, and they, they, to they the were they were talk- they were texting privately how bad it was. And then
0: literally the day that the four of us officers, uh, Sergeant Gunnell, Danny Hodges, Mike and myself testified. Laura Ingram went on to mock us on her show later that night and give us, um, awards, you know, mocking awards, like best political performance or best exaggeration of a story. It, like literally the day we testified, then they had to nerve her to be texting, uh, Mark Meadows about how bad it was that day. So they say anything publicly to, um, like to appease their base. Uh, but they know inside, and you know what? That's that's one of the reasons I'm continuing to speak out because, like, I, I know deep in my heart, I'm following my conscience and following my heart. I'm doing what I believe is right. I can live with myself, and I can sleep well at night. And you know, at the end of their life, they're going to be like, "Yo, I was really full of shit," and I won't be I, I won't be able to say that. So, are you are you
1: able to sleep well at night?
0: Because my conscience is clear, sure, but I, but but as far as worrying about the health of this country, that kind of keeps me up. Um, you know, it's a lot of things that always go on my mind. Um, a lot of things that I'm passionate about, and uh, it's, it weighs heavy on my heart. Um, but but that's the thing. Like that's another thing. I'm coming back to therapy real quick. It helps me. Like I'm able to. Uh, detached for a while, and get myself centered and focused, and be able to
1: be able to sleep at night. So you know, it's worth it, though. Yeah, I may have to try this therapy thing because. Dude, I'm, I'm shit, man, I'm shit. Shit, point, bro. I'm I'm not I'm not joking. Yet. If I sleep three three and a half hours a night, I went to sleep last night at midnight, and I got up at exactly two fifty eight in the morning. And I didn't go back. to hey, bro. I do that every day. You can see I'm fucking tweeting and doing all my shit on because I'm I'm bored and I'm watching yeah. the television and seeing what's going on. It's, I, I think I've seen every single show on <laughs> streaming. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's terrible because hey, dude, you we're know, gonna get you the therapy.
0: we and you
1: gotta tell we gotta tell Nicole yeah. Wallace about it because Nicole yeah. is
0: always telling me. I, I tell you, I'm i telling you, she she's so amazed by how I uh, I, I promote mental health. That's going to be my biggest accomplishment.
1: I'm going to get you in the fucking therapy, man. Right? So, look, you and some of your fellow officers were some of the first people to speak with the January 6th committee. If you would, enlighten my my listeners here. Tell us what that process was like for you and what happened to you afterward. I mean, suddenly, literally overnight, snap the fingers, you become a public figure. And... It's a lot to take in. People don't understand. I get it. I walk on the street. I go to a restaurant. There are people who love me. Thank God, it's a lot more than the people here in New York that hate me. But when I get the haters, I had a guy on 63rd Street stopped his BMW, stopped in the middle of the street while it was on. He wanted to fight me. (laughs) Literally, he wanted to fight me, screaming, "You know, you're a rat. You're a rat. You're a fucking rat. You know, rats need to be stomped out." So I said, "All right, motherfucker, come on, come, come, stomp me out. Let's see what happens." Yeah. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Now, nah, nah, I ain't six I, seven like you, my friend, but I tell you something, you know, I've I, I, I fought enough in my lifetime, especially Muay Thai, I take that motherfucker's legs right out. And then I'm <laughs> going to drop go. a whole bunch of elbows right in his face. There you go. You know what, man? Like I, So to talk about,
0: like, when I got the opportunity to testify, I jumped at it, no questions asked, because I felt like it was a continuation of service, duty my country, um, be able to tell the facts of that day and give a voice of what at that time, we testified June, July, June, around that time, about what people were already minimizing that happened that day. And I think it was instrumental to keep going and set the record straight on the record. Another thing, but side note real quick, I've been on the under oath three different times and about the events of that day. So, if people want to lie or you want to have other facts, you're more than welcome to get under oath and tell your side of the story instead of claiming the fifth. You know, tell mm-hmm. the truth. Okay. You're on the record. If it didn't happen like we're saying it did, you go on the record under oath and you tell us what happened. Until then, until your statements
1: are under oath, don't mean shit to me. Right. My friend, eight times I I gave congressional testimony. Eight times. And yet I still have the same haters. Now, I don't know whether they're bots or bot farms and so on, but there are plenty that are real. And they all have a comment that they want to make. Really? You think that I'm holding back? You think that I'm protecting anybody? I have given, like you, I gave the facts. And nothing but the facts. By the way, your testimony was, I think, July 27th, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, and I, and, and I tell you, and honestly, the fame that comes with it, it's not great. Or, or I've like, to go down or and estimate. see my parents down in Florida. I'm actually concerned. Yeah. I, I, I,
0: mean, I'm I actually get it. Concerned
1: I get it. Because
0: no, no, no. So, yeah, no, I, no. you're right, because those people are insane, and we saw it. We saw it. Look what happened, like I said, on January 6th. We saw it. We saw what they're willing to do to support the former president. Um. So, yeah, that concern is real. Political violence is real. We see it. Like, it, like I said, no matter who it comes from, whether it's People saying Antifa shouldn't do it, or, or the maga. Nobody should be doing that shit, man. Keep your opinion. Peaceful. Keep it civil. You know, I mean, hell, even if you're calling names and cursing somebody out, whatever. Don't put your hands on them. Don't threaten nobody. Everybody deserves to be able to express their opinion, no matter how bizarre it is. You know, that. <laughs> but let's let's remember that it's just an opinion, and it's not the gospel.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is very true I mean I, it was for me remember when I testified before the House Oversight Committee nine hours mm-hmm. nine mm-hmm. hours and yeah. I started out and I, and I told you meaning the country, not you specifically yeah yeah he's a racist, he's a con man, he's a fraud, he's a cheat. And I turned out to be right and then I told you my biggest fear and why I elected to appear. Without any hesitation, when Congressman, God rest his soul, Elijah Cummings, a a wonderful, 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 wonderful man, great asked minute. me to do it, and he said to me, "You stand on the precipice of the most important issue confronting American democracy today." He goes, and the question becomes, "How will you be remembered? How will your children?" Remember you. How will your wife look at you? And he didn't man. have to say anything more than that. This man had a way with words. He made me fucking cry. I called him up that night and I yelled at him. I said, "Did you have to make your final closing speech <laughs> so powerful? You made me fucking cry on television." And he left. He is the. He was. God bless his soul. We need more Elijah Cummings. Yeah. I'm, I'm you know what? Younger. You know what? I mean.
0: That point the question that you're asking that you that he that he said, so you know, representative, former representative Adam Kensinger said something similar to that. He said, My 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 kid, my children are gonna be proud to have my last name. You know what? Like you said, doing what's right is more than just about a moment. It's it's how you should live your life. Just do what's right. Without any hesitation, without any question. It's but, that's the thing. Morals aren't universal, but God damn, I wish they were, man.
1: Huh. Yeah, wouldn't that be something, are, right? Actually. Now, yeah. let me then ask you this. As you look at what's happening now in the House with Kevin McCarthy, you know, giving so much power to the MAGA extremists in the party and praising Trump for helping his effort to get the gavel, you think that Republicans have learned anything since the insurrection. Yeah.
0: You know, one thing that I'll, I'll say with the, uh, was supposed to be this, you know, all the political pundits, hell, even members of Congress, Fox News, whatever, all the conservative sites were saying there was supposed to be this huge red wave. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, which is, which was historic, by the way. You know, any incumbent, you know, uh President mid was two years in, it, the midterm elections during the presidency have always gone the way of the way of the uh party that's not in power. But you know, this did but it was minuscule and um I think that sent a message. That, uh, I mean even look like look, look on January sixth uh, at the Capitol, they did a, a moment yeah. of remembrance, a moment of silence for on January sixth. Only one Republican Congressman showed up and the I'm year before, Liz Cheney was the only Republican along with her father. And it shouldn't be a Democrat or Republican thing. Sure, may, a lot of people may argue that the January 6th committee is politicized, whatever. You've got to have your opinion about that. When it comes to a moment to pay your respects to fallen officers or the, the hurt and the division that that day will forever have in the history. That the lasting effect that it has, um, that that, that kind of hurt my heart just as an American citizen, not even just as a police officer. Just the fact for a moment of silence, we can't all stand together and honor the, the memory of what, it, what those people that day like. It, it, that that shit hurt my heart, like as an American. Um, you know, I, that that shit sucked. <laughs> One, or like, come on, this shit. Yeah, causes of January sixth may have been political, and you know the investigations may have been political, but it happened. It happened. Period. And and we need to be able to acknowledge that and pay homage to the people that. What's so ironic? What's so ironic about the whole the votes for the speaker on January sixth when it was happening? That's what we fought for, for them to have the right to do that shit. No, that's that's what's so frustrating, man. We gave, we fought our asses off so democracy could continue. No matter if it's Kevin McCarthy, Pelosi, it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter. I don't care who it is. The fact that that process still exists is a direct uh, result of what me and my coworkers did that day. It, happened. it exists now. Imagine if they got in there and hung Mike Pence like they wanted to do and to kill Nancy Pelosi, which they said they wanted to do. What if that shit actually happened? Do you think that, the, what, what, would the, what, would the, what would those votes for Speaker look like two years ago? Two years from now.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. Totally agree with you. It's beyond. Could you imagine, and I brought this up a couple of times before. But could you imagine if this is how divided this country really actually is, if the insurrectionists were all black, could you imagine what would Man. have happened? You talked about some blood that was on the concrete. Could you imagine the force that would have come out in order to stop this?
0: so that was, I yeah. bring that
1: up i bring that up because it's so it fucking hits me right to the core yeah. This is not the America that we were strive that we strive to be. This isn't the America that we were growing to be. And if we don't start growing up, as you use the word maturing, we're really going to be in big trouble, really big trouble. Think about this shit, Donald Trump. When the, the, the dude wanted a photo op,
0: he had the fucking the mad, I don't know. The, they, they used a, fo- a photo op, but he wouldn't. You wouldn't direct the National Guard to an attack, to stop an attack on the U.S. Capitol? They wanted to kill Mike Pence? But you're going to use all this force for a photo op?
1: You're not even in danger at the moment. and Save it for another time. Give me a break, dude. And which brings me to my next question to you. So what happens if there's no accountability for the insurrection by any of the great. people Another that are in power. Question. Because we've seen plenty of these foot soldiers, these low-level, you know, fucking nutjob, numbskulls, going to jail and so on. But not a single member of Congress, not a yeah. single person Thank in you. Trump's inner circle that were there and responsible have seen any accountability so far. So if none of the people responsible for January 6th are brought to justice you think that something like the insurrection could or will happen again? Definitely.
0: If there's no accountability, I tell your listeners and the rest of the world to get used to my face and get used to my voice because I'm not shutting up until there is accountability. I will play, I don't necessarily know if it's devil's advocate here, but Merrick Garland came to see us. Uh, and when I say us, I mean Capitol Police officers who were there on January 6th um, in the following days. I, you know, time was a blur during that time. So I don't know if it was a week, a month. He came to see us afterwards. And he told us they would get to the bottom of it and they would seek out accountability and justice. And he said that to us. And I believe him. Um, he looked us in the face. He looked us in the eyes and he told us that. I believe them. Um, I don't know the timetable of what it charge, what it what it takes to charge for an insurrection. I don't know. I'm not a historian. I'm not a legal scholar. I don't pretend to be. But like I said, yeah. on January seventh, if I was the attorney general, I would have bought charges that day because they told us, I me, mean, they told us why they were there. Um, I can't. Move, and that that brings me to my point. You can't move on from if you don't correct what's happened. And that, there's nothing to say that this shit won't happen again. People say, well, what can you do to prevent it? You have so many safeguards. It doesn't matter what safeguards you have in place, like the Electoral College Act and you know all that stuff. That's cool. All these safeguards don't mean anything. If the person that is in power, is gonna circumvent those safeguards like Trump was going to install his own attorney general to circumvent ways to get him to remain president. Like it doesn't, but, but, thankful for the, the, the courage of the people that did stand up to keep that shit from happening. It takes good people
1: to stop. It, it doesn't matter what safeguards you have in place. It doesn't matter. The person is willing to circumvent that shit does it? Harry, do you yeah. remember, do you yeah. remember when I emphatically stated that the reason I am here today testifying is my biggest fear is if Donald Trump loses the yeah. election, there will never yeah. be a peaceful transfer of power. Yeah. And I believed it then. I believe it now. Every, there was more. I also talked about his inflation of his assets, deflation, the tax purpose. You saw today. He just got nailed for 1.6 by the judge uh, in the attorney general's case. His company, out 17 out. counts. By the district attorney alvin bread and so on like i said death by a thousand cuts
0: you know what's crazy we're About the trump day real quick
1: real quick you know he got found 1.6 million so i'm sure we're going to see a fucking fundraiser for him coming out it's already out soon. it's it already coming I'm not fucking surprised, <laughs> dude. Could <laughs> <laughs> you imagine? So, look, I want to ask you this now, because I know that you've written a memoir that's entitled A Capital Police Officer's Fight for Accountability and Good Trouble. Now, I assume by good trouble that you're referencing the late Congressman John Lewis, yeah. another another beacon of, you know, yeah. of... American, you know, uh, diplomacy and and civil rights and so on. So if you would, tell my listeners about the book. And do you think that you'd have written this book if it hadn't been for the events of January 6th? You know, I, 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 I'll, I'll never get into it. The release date is October,
0: so I'll, I'll keep you all on edge a little bit. But I, what I will say is that there definitely is homage to John Lewis. Um, one of the things that, I contemplated while deciding to, I keep this public. I started getting attacked by right-wing media, um, getting death threats. And I, 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 what, back up. One of the, one of the most memorable images in my head from January 6th, once a little bit of order has been been restored and most of the rioters were out of the building. I remember walking by Steny Hoyer's office. And Sidney Hoyer, the majority leader at the time, had a, a his American flag out there, hmm. uh, state of Maryland flag, and was a uh, uh, big sign, almost like a uh, cardboard, uh, but it was like fancy. Card- I don't forget um, the name of that material is slipping my mind, but it had the picture of John Lewis and his quote about the good trouble quote and it was ripped into shreds. It was shredded, like ripped into tiny pieces. And this is a big-ass piece of paper, or excuse me, a big-ass cardboard, a big-ass sign. They took the time, the rioters, to destroy it. And one thing I thought, like, you know, John Lewis, I'm sure he faced things that I can't even imagine. And he did all that for us just for equal rights. Why should I be afraid just to stand up to a couple right-wing nut jobs who attack me? Of course, I can stand up. So it was actually like a, a little way of paying homage to um, late great John Lewis.
1: Um, do you remember? Do you remember which quote? Because he has quite a few pretty. Um, yeah. when, you, when you see something, stand up and get it.
0: Get into trouble, good trouble. Push back with the pushback, get into... I don't know
1: the quote by heart. I, I do have, buddy, uh-huh. I have the word I have good trouble tattooed on my arm. <laughs> there you yeah. go. I think what you're referring to is when you see something that is not right, not fair, not just, you have to speak up. You have to say something. You have to do something. Mayor couple <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, look, Harry, as the hour comes to an end and as I told you, when we were just chatting offline, the hour goes by real quick. Yeah, it does, man, we could I do have this last, I have one last, we could do this forever is right. I have just one last question for you. So, and again, before I ask it, I'd just like to again congratulate you on receiving that Presidential Citizens Medal. You, you truly, truly deserve it. Yeah. Thank you. Can you, t- can you tell us about that day? things that have come out of January 6th. I suspect that a therapist would tell you that you need to, you know, there's a book which is called Man's uh, Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And that's one thing that you're supposed to do, which is to look to the light, look to something good that comes out of tragedy. And Viktor Frankl was a Holocaust survivor in um in Auschwitz. And he took out of that experience. Something good, which again, I'm not really sure I understand it. I'm certainly not there, but yes, yes. assuming, assuming that there have been some good things, because one great thing from my perspective is that you didn't fall and that you've proven yourself to be a real American hero. And you should really be proud of that. And I'm sure your family are really proud of you, you know, know about
0: I, that. I, thanks for bringing that up. That's a great question, man. I'll tell you what. Um January sixth will forever be associated with one of the darkest days of American history. However, I'm I'm so grateful to President Biden that on January sixth, twenty twenty three, two years after the, the insurrection at the US Capitol, he presented us with the uh, medal. Um <clears throat> I'll tell you, it created a new memory for January 6th. Now, the January 6th, 2021 doesn't go away. However, I can't acknowledge January 6th anymore without remembering that's the day that I was awarded the the nation's second highest civilian award. And I'm completely honored, grateful, humbled uh, by it. My family, was there my mother my father and my sister's the daughter was there at the white house to see me receive that award there was a text read that went out today it was a week ago today when we got the award and the text read my mother said just think a week ago we were in the white house watching our son you know and that's just the pride that my family had. that's just you can't take that away uh from January 6th will be associated, yes, with the one of the darkest days, but it's also one of the proudest moments of my life. So I'm appreciative of the president for honoring me and the other recipients in that way, which I'm sure, just like I said, it created a new memory. And um, I'm thankful for it.
1: You know, one of, the, one of the interesting things about Joe Biden is something that everybody, Republican, Democrat, Independent alike, we'll all acknowledge is he's an incredibly empathetic person and so you can rest assured that when he gave you that medal to honor you that was real that wasn't a photo op and again for that you should be incredibly incredibly proud of yourself for what you did for standing up for democracy, for protecting our capital, the people's home, the symbol of American democracy. I, I think you're a true American hero, you and all of the Capitol police. Everybody that puts on the uniform every day, I find them to be, you know, um, our American heroes. And our teachers too, by the way. I gotta throw them in and love I'm the here. teachers. Oh. Man, I got a ton of I got a ton um, of friends. Got teachers. The, yeah, so I look I, I wish you all the best. Um, stay in touch. When you're here in New York, look me up, hit me up because um, we have to have a celebration before we drink. How's that? Yes, let's do it, man. I would love
0: that. I love that opportunity, man. And thank and thank you, man. You know, you you know, I, I I I I don't think that gives enough credit. Like in in this day and age, just speaking out and doing saying the truth has become such a lost art, so to speak. Like, nobody really
1: does it, and, you know, good for you for doing that and, you know, standing up for what's right. right, Then don't forget about me. Make sure you tell, and you make sure... I got you! I got you! I got you, man. I got you. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, thanks, man. All righty. You be safe. Thanks, bro. See you soon. Cooper, don't give it, don't let me. If you tell my story, don't grab me. Take my time and find on me.
0: This is my baby cooper. Take it on down now. Time, take it on, down, take it on down.
1: Making some. uh yellow Thai curry chicken noodle yellow
0: Thai yellow coconut curry chicken noodle
1: vegetables trying to get some trying to fry the chicken fettuccine too hot.
0: Joke.
1: <clears> High, <throat> yellow, coconut, chicken curry. since my man cooper what did i want to tell them
0: consider running for another position
1: researcher,
0: nobody is talking about how Trump told the national